We've been uh, spending some time as a church in the book of Matthew, uh, chapters 5 through 7. And we've been spending time looking at a, a sermon that Jesus preached to his disciples. And I've said that, and I've repeated that, that this is, was a foundational sermon for his kingdom. And as we've looked at these words, we've talked about the reality of there's a kingdom perspective that Jesus wanted us to understand. That in his kingdom, things will look different. The way we look at things will be different. We talked about the reality of kingdom purpose. That you or I, because we're a part of the kingdom of God, God has given us purpose. Purpose that he defined as salt and light. Then we talked about this this idea of kingdom righteousness. What is it that makes me right? And when we talk about righteousness, it's the sense of, of everything is okay. It's all fitting together. It's, it's, it, we're, we're right. And the reality was that they were people, and we talked about acts of righteousness, that thought that they were found righteous by what they were doing, not what had been done for them. And Jesus said, your righteousness can only be found in Christ. That's the principle of his kingdom. And so last week we spent some time looking at acts of righteousness. It's the product of our faith. So often people do things because they think the things they do are their faith. Their faith is in what they're doing. And Jesus said it's not about what you're doing, but it's about why you're doing what you're doing. And so your acts of righteousness, and he talked about giving, he talked about praying, he talked about fasting, but there were many more products of our faith that come from us should absolutely be a result of who I am in Christ. They're not going to produce righteousness, but they're produced by the righteousness that I found in Jesus Christ. Jesus is a good preacher, and all good preachers have some off-rants every once in a while in their sermons. Every once in a while, we've got to have a sidetrack or a, a, a sidebar that we go on. And, and this morning, I want to spend some time looking at Jesus' sidebar right in the middle of the acts of righteousness that we talked about last week. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 5 said, when you pray, this shall sound familiar, I'm sure. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like the hypocrites or like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, he says in verse 9, is how you should pray. And I will guess as I read these words, everyone in this room, or I guess this is considered a room, right? I'm considering this a room right now. Everyone that's sitting in, in this space could probably say these words with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, as, all, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You know, this morning I, I want to take a pause on these words that Jesus gave us. Because Jesus, you know, the, the reality was, he said, he gave us the when, you know, when you pray. It was assumed that you're going to pray. That was assumed, right? When you pray. Don't be like the hypocrites. And he told us exactly where to go. Where do we go? We go to that quiet place, that secret place, that inner room. But then Jesus says, this is how you should pray. 
And he gives us words that I, I was a good Catholic boy raised by my parents, and, and I said these words every Sunday. Every Sunday I could say these words. Every Sunday we would say them. And sometimes when I went and saw the priest and confessed my sins, I had to say these words a lot because that's what was my penance. You know what I'm saying? But that's, but that's all they were. And Jesus, it's interesting because he's not saying this is what you should pray. But his words are, this is how you should pray. Now, there's absolutely power in the words to this prayer. There's absolutely profound truths in this word to this this prayer. And we should pray this prayer at times. That's completely fine. But the reality is, Jesus puts this right here in the middle of acts of righteousness for a reason. And I believe that oftentimes, the, the what we pray... We pray thinking we're producing faith, not the why behind it. And so when Jesus is saying, hey, I'm talking about acts of righteousness, I'm talking about when you give and when you pray and when you fast, but, but he comes to this one and he says, now this is, this is the how. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing this, when I was a kid, we, we had to start the, the, the day every day, right, with the Pledge of Allegiance. And all the kids, uh, first grade, whatever, you stand up and you, you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic for which it stands. Now, come on. How many adults understand what it means to pledge allegiance to the United States of America, let alone first graders? And I won't embarrass anyone today, but can anyone explain to me the Republic for which it stands? One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What first grader comprehends liberty and justice for all? Justice is me getting what I want when I want it. That's justice for all. Right? I mean, through the first grader's perspective, yet we say these words. You know, as a pastor, I, I, when I'm privileged to be asked to do a wedding, I, I don't mind doing the whole thing, planning, helping, come alongside, planning the service. But when it comes to the vows, people think I'm weird because I say, you're picking out your vows. I'm not telling you what to say to your spouse on your wedding day. Well, where do I go? Well, go on the Internet. I don't care. Figure out something to say to each other. You can say to heaven to hold till, till death do us part in sickness and in health and good times and bad. It doesn't matter to me, but, but the reality is there's something to the how that we have to discover. Words can simply be words if we miss the how. And too often prayers, too often the Lord's Prayer has just been words that we say Time and time again, missing the profound nature of what Jesus Christ was teaching us. So how did he say you should pray? You know, it's interesting. I've simplified the Lord's Prayer into two things. Jesus is how, and we're going to look at these two, but they'll be broken down a little bit. Number one is God's position. That's how you should pray. How you should pray is acknowledging God's position and acknowledging my position. That's the reality of prayer that Jesus Christ introduces. The essence of prayer that he has is his place and my place. I've got to recognize his place and I've got to recognize my place. Is what happens, right? Because he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God's place, his position, 
His who is his father. You know, it's funny. When I know someone's title, I know what to ask of them. There's a confidence that I have in asking someone when I know who they are. If I know someone's an electrician, I don't have a problem asking them about electrical problems. And if I know someone has a restaurant and serves pulled pork, I don't have a problem asking them about pulled pork. There's a confidence that I have in me. You know what I'm saying? When we know the who that we're talking to, it makes the requests that much more profound. And so God is saying, Jesus is saying, when you pray, you absolutely need to recognize who you're praying to. You know, sometimes people are timid in their requests. When you're not sure about someone and you don't know whether they know it or not, you walk up and you're, oh, excuse me, but by, by, by chance do you um, know anything about cars? My car broke down and I just need some help. But the dude's got his mechanic shirt on and he's got grease on his fingers and, and whatever else. You want to say, hey man, my car just broke down. Can you come give me a hand? You understand how our knowledge of who we're talking to, it really affects the confidence in the way we communicate? Who are we praying to? Scripture gives all kinds of titles for God. Father isn't the only one. Father is very appropriate for this day. What are we communicating when we say God is Father? I mean, that's one of the greatest titles that I've been given in my life. One of the greatest privileges that that God has given me four times over is the ability to be called Father. Why? Because my children look up to me. They, they, They see that I will be the one that provides. I'll be the one that takes care of. I'll be the one that loves. I mean, all those things that come through that title. God is saying, I am Father. You are a new creation in me, right? I've got new life in Him. He's given us life. Who is God? He's the God that's almighty. He's the God that's our rock. He's the God that is our our banner. He's the God that is our shepherd. He's the God that, that heals. He's the God who promises that he is Emmanuel, that's God with you, that he will never leave you or forsake you. Who is God? He's the one who is our righteousness. He's the one who sanctifies. He's the one who is strength. He's power. He's provision. He's forgiveness. He's faithful. He's a strong tower, he says. Man, sometimes when I pray, I just need to stop and think about who I'm praying to. This morning, we came to the park and we sang some songs. Did you think about who you were singing to? I mean, it wasn't for the people around the neighborhood. It wasn't for the ones driving through the park. It wasn't for the person sitting next to you. And I promise for whoever was standing in front of me, it wasn't for them. But my who had to be determined. I was singing to the one, to God my Father this day. When I pray, I need to recognize His place, His position. He is Father. He is Almighty. He is able. He was, is, and always will be. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. Man, then my prayers become... Pretty confident because nothing is impossible for this one. Uh, nothing is to dip. The other day we were driving in the van and, and, and Graham, one of the kids said, 
you know, God made houses. And the other one was like, no, God didn't make houses. People made houses. And then the other one was like, well, but God made the things and made the houses that the people used to make the houses. But the reality is if we can comprehend that everything we see, everything we know, every, every breath we take, every leaf we see, every bird we hear was made by God. Doesn't that change the confidence that we have when we ask him to do these things that really aren't that big? Like if he can speak into existence every animal that we know, is it really that hard for him to take care of that situation in your workplace? God's place. My place. We know who God is. And then we say, your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm recognizing the who, but now I'm recognizing the position of God in my life. Your kingdom, your kingdom come. What does that mean? I'm not asking like that, that all of a sudden there would be a wall that would go around my house that says the kingdom of God. Like that, that the kingdom of God would be apparent in my life. I don't think that's, that's the essence of this prayer. The kingdom of God, it's, it's a discussion that we've, we've had before. It's a discussion that many people have had. The reality of his kingdom is that we try to define it by so many ways, but the simplest, the simplest definition Pastor Steve can come up with for the kingdom of God is anywhere his authority is, is his kingdom. Anywhere he reigns is his kingdom. So it's not defined by geography, it's not defined by borders, it's not defined by, by, by flags, it's not defined by anything other than his authority. And so when I pray, your kingdom come, I'm asking for God's authority, his position to come in my life. How do I know that? Because then the next word is, your will be done. Like, okay, you're my father. <laughs> I want your authority. And I'll do what you ask. Happy Father's Day. Amen? Dads, if that's what we heard from our kids today, you're my father. I want your authority. And I'll do what you ask. Kent's smiling. He's asking the kids if they're listening. I mean, that's the reality of what God is saying, that I'm recognizing who he is, and I'm recognizing the place that he has, and I'm asking for his authority, his will to be done. Who is God? What position does he have? And what is he asking me to do? That's the essence of what Jesus says in his prayer. I wrestle through who is God? Man, sometimes I lose sight of his authority in my life. Maybe it's just pastor. Sometimes I think I got it all figured out and I can handle this myself. Sometimes I question the things that he does and wonder why he's doing what he's doing. Who is God? What is his position? And what is he asking? That's God's place. And then I got to look at myself. I got to begin to look at my place. I've recognized his. Where am I at? Well, he starts with these words we love. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. I need forgiveness. I absolutely have need 
I need. That's the, the essence of his word, is that, that, that I absolutely have need. I jumped ahead. What needs do I have? He said, give us this day our daily bread. Who needs to eat every day? Come on. Who needs to eat every day? Who needs to eat multiple times a day? Some of you guys don't lie. There's absolutely a very physical need that we all have that we're recognizing. Jesus is saying, give us today our daily bread. That's our our very real physical needs that we have in our lives. We're acknowledging his position is that he is Father. He is everything. He is almighty. He is able. He is with us. My position is, guess what? I have need. My needs might be very physical. I might be hungry. So ask. But daily bread in Scripture, I love it because it's not just about physical need. Yes, the, 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 the Israelites... Daily bread was manna, right? In the desert. That's what it was. They were hungry in the wilderness. They had that very real physical need. And God provided for that very real physical need. So whenever Jesus would say to the Jews, daily bread, they would think about the provision of God. The very real physical provision that God gave them. But the reality was, daily bread in Jesus' context wasn't just physical need. Because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And as he taught about the bread of life, he began to bring back the the Jews to the necessity of, of, of daily bread, that physical bread in himself. I need Jesus Christ. That's where my place is. I can't do this on my own. I've got very real physical needs and I've got very real spiritual needs. And there's only one who can meet them. There's only one who's going to take care of them. And I have to go to him with, with my need. That's a place of submission. That's a place of humility. That's a place of trust. We did say then, forgive us. Forgiveness. I need forgiveness. Romans. All. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Forgive us our debts, right? The wages, the the price for sin is death. There's only one who's paid that. There's only one that's going to pay that. I need him. I need forgiveness in my life. That forgiveness, we we like that. We like to receive forgiveness. And I'm just going to Jesus this for a second and go on a tangent. When he talks about forgiveness, think of this next time you pray this prayer. Forgive us our debts as, as, as. Highlight the as. Don't highlight the forgiveness. We like the forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our our debtors. The litmus test for forgiveness is me. He said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive your sins or forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's quite a standard. 
That's one of those uh-oh moments in Scripture when you read that as the first time. Because sometimes forgiveness is hard, amen? Sometimes it's hard to forgive. I get it. But when I recognize who God is, and when I recognize who I am, and I recognize what God has done for me, because, see, he said, forgive us first, and then, you know, we can forgive others. That's the way it was. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven others. But, but I can recognize who God is, and I can recognize what God's done. And because of who God is and what he's done for me, because of the position I was in when he showed me forgiveness, it doesn't make it so hard to forgive that one that said something really stupid the other day. Or who stepped on my toe, or who backed into my car. Or who hurt me severely. Because I've recognized God's place. And I've recognized my place. Now I can do what he asks. There's an equation that I believe, I'm a math guy, so I've got to have equations. A plus B equals C. Love it. God's place plus my place equals trust. When I recognize God's place and I recognize my place, that equals trust in my life. Because he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How can I tell someone to lead me without trusting them? Got it? Lead us, not into temptation. When I know who God is and I know how lost I truly am, it makes it a lot easier to trust Him, to ask Him, to yield to Him, to submit to Him, that He will lead me not into temptation, but He will not only lead me, but protect me. He will deliver me. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God desires to be a shepherd in your life. That's the reality of this prayer. That's, that's the words that we're speaking. He leads me where? To green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. The shepherd will lead the, 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 the flock where they need to go. There's, there's trust that comes. That's what I'm communicating to my, to my maker when I pray. Not only... Will he lead me where he needs me? But he'll protect me from what comes. Deliver me. God, I need your deliverance. I need you. Sometimes i got to step back so God can step up. I'm going to say that again. Because sometimes I like to fight my own battles. And I kind of get in the way of what he's trying to do. you ever been trying to do something... So, so yesterday, they're, they're way far away. We had a leaky uh, pipe in our house, and so I was trying to fix it, and Levi wanted to help me. That was the battle in my house. Those things can be battles. Talk to someone who knows it's not me. You know what I'm saying? And so I was trying to fix something underneath the sink, and we had this little bathroom sink, and it's a tight space, and Levi's got his head in there. 
right right in the middle of where I'm trying to be. And God's more patient than pastor, I promise you. So he's probably not going to say the things that pastor says or react the way that pastor does at times. But boy, I tell you what, sometimes in my battle, they need less of me and more of him. Because I trust him. And I trust that he can deliver me. I trust him. And and, and I trust that he can take care of me. Sometimes my interference is really communicating, God, you can't do this. I got this. And I'm not recognizing his position, but my position. Jesus taught us how to pray. Simply put, Pastor Steve, as simple as I can be. We can say these words, and I value these words. I love these words. I love what they communicate when my mind and my heart are in the right place. But when I pray, I need to recognize him, and I need to recognize me, and I need to express that I trust him in my life. It's as simple as that. You guys can come forward. When you pray, Jesus isn't wondering when. He's expecting you will. Where you pray. This morning it's going to be in a park in Crawford, Nebraska. It may not be in a room. You say, Pastor, we're going against the word of God. Well, we can pray without ceasing, he says as well. So we're going to put that piece in practice today. But I desire for us to spend a moment acknowledging who he is, acknowledging who we are, and giving him the place that he deserves in our life. I don't know what circumstances, I don't know what, what, what things you might need, what, what needs, the daily bread, the provision you might have from God this day. But I know who God is. And I know He's asked us to ask Him. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. I know that He's the one who answers. I know He's the door opener. I'm not sure what verse that is, but I'm sure it's in there. When you pray, let it not just be words. Let it not just be an outward action of righteousness, but let it be a product of you and a product of Him and a product of who you are in Him. I want to pray. Father, I thank You this morning for who You are. I thank You, God, that You are the God who loves us. thank you that you're the creator thank you that you're the king of this kingdom God I thank you that you are savior in my life Messiah Deliverer, provider, comforter. Gotta thank you for who you are. And I pray, God, that as as we have a time of prayer, as we have a moment with our Father, I pray that this day we can recognize God who we are, the needs, the wants, the desires of our hearts, the positions that, that we put ourselves in. 
that we can be honest with you. That we can forgive others. That we can receive, God, the forgiveness that you've given to us. And God, that we can trust. That we can trust you. That we can trust, God, your guidance. That we can trust, God, the path that you've put us on this day. That we can trust, God, the the place that you're taking us to. That we can trust, God, when the battle comes. That we can trust God when the enemy, he's, he's prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. That we can trust you, God, to deliver us from all evil. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Walt and Carrie lead us in a chorus. And as they're singing, I encourage you to spend a moment, to spend some moments praying to God, to look at the Word of God. If you want to say the Lord's Prayer today, say it. Say that prayer, but say it with the meaning. Say it with the how that Jesus designed. If you want to spend some time coming up with your own Lord's Prayer this day, spend some time with Him in His presence, trusting Him for those situations or circumstances, trusting Him for the things that you have need of, the the desires that, that that He desires to give. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you pray, understanding fully who he is and who you are and what he desires in your life. Amen? Amen. Be blessed.